Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, as I was getting ready to come up here, um, I noticed that my battery pack was a little low, and I was like, hey, Wendell, when you switch his battery pack out, Wendell says, how that's, we do that on purpose to make sure that you keep it short. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, first off, I'd like to say I appreciate the assembly for allowing me to speak. I uh, feel very honored that you guys would, would let me uh, talk to you all today. Um, you know, when Kevin was up here saying, talking a little bit about song harvest, I had a flashback of song harvest, the first song harvest. I was kind of a small kid, um, and there was a song, uh, uh, Oh No, No Way, I Won't Forget Yahweh. And they put us all, they like wanted this kid part, right? So, you know, I was like, I was a kid. So they put me in there uh, by mistake, I think. So I went in there and they had us all in a group and we were like doing this choir piece. And, uh, you know, we did like the first take and then they come out of the little, the little glass booth. They come down and they're like, okay, um, okay, somebody over like, uh, like, we're not sure who, but somebody over here is kind of like um, a little off key. And here I was like. So then the next three takes, I just lip sync everything because I knew it was me. I knew it was me, but hey, that's because it's good to know your own skill levels. And I did. That's the one good thing I did know. Um, we're, we're extremely blessed in the assemblies to have a lot of musicians and a lot of good ones. So that's always a positive. Um, if you guys didn't get coffee before you came in here. That's okay. I've drank enough coffee for everyone. And, and I did that because I've heard my own messages. So it can, it can get a little long-winded. Now, there was a man and a wife, and they had been married about 20 years. And um, the, the husband, he was an avid golfer. He liked to play a little, a little golf, a little, like to play the little links, as they say. And, you know, it was his 20-year anniversary, and he goes to his wife one day, and he says, babe, um, there's this tournament I really want to play in. And I was wondering if it'd be cool if we would just push off our anniversary for a little bit, maybe one day, and I could slide in there and play this golf tournament. And his wife looks at him and says, says, yeah, baby, do whatever you think. He's like, she said yes. So he tells his buddies that, you know, hey, she said yes. So he comes down the day of the golf tournament slash anniversary, comes bebopping downstairs and he looks in the refrigerator, and there's a little note that his wonderful wife had left for him. It said, have fun, baby. Proverbs 14, 12. So curiosity got the best of him. So he's like, what does Proverbs 14, 12 say? So he flipped over there and read it, and it says, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is a way unto death. So... He canceled. He got sick. He got, I'm not feeling good, boys. You want to find a replacement. <clears throat> okay, so we've spent this feast together, and uh, I just want to tell you that it has been an absolute amazing, awesome feast. From, and that's kind of what I want to talk about, just kind of a little bit of like uh, encouragement, um, kind of what we've been hearing. It seems like there's been a thread through all the messages of just like, okay, Tabernacles 2020, the 
early years of 2020, early days of 2020 haven't been the greatest, but from this point in Tabernacles has been just exceptional. It's like people showed up with more passion, more want to, more worship, like let's get this on. Our Passover wasn't what we wanted it to be, our unleavened bread, and now we're making up for it, and you guys did in spades. So, um, yeah. I mean, just from, just from the campfires, the, the meals, the sermons, the baptisms. My daughter got baptismed, uh, baptized, baptismed. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like getting baptized, but it's baptismed. So, uh, I mean, it was just all amazing. I mean, just the way you guys came together, like uh, the cleaning of the building. I mean, the velocity that y'all cleaned this place was pretty spectacular. And everybody would just jump in there and go and go. Psalms 133 says, how good and pleasant is it when brothers dwell together in unity? It's like precious oil poured out on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's head, down upon the collar of his robes. You know, the feast is a time for us all to come together. It's a time for us to kind of like reconnect, recommit, and fill up our spiritual batteries. It does feel like as I'm sure you guys are feeling right now, you come to the last service of the feast and you're just kind of wore out. A lot of you guys, you know, did the pull it all nighter because it's the last night. So we're staying up as late as we possibly can. And, uh, and I, I get that. Um, but it's, uh, but spiritually we're charged up and we're ready to go. We're ready to, you know, take on, take on the world. Um, but I want, I want to, ask us that as that we kind of harness that and that we don't just let that all those good vibes and all that good feeling and the spiritual power we don't want to just let it kind of fade away as 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 we leave the feast and go back into our lives but but challenge ourselves and set goals for ourselves to do things that when we meet back here for unleavened bread or tabernacles or for whenever or the next Sabbath that we are building a relationship and becoming closer to Yahweh and Yahshua. And then we are watching the example and reading about the example and, and living out the example that we see in Yahshua. You know, there's three things that I think are most key in a relationship. Um, in a relationship as a parent, to a spouse or as your as a parent to your kids or between you and Yahweh um, that I think really create and generate love. Like, right. So um, trust is one. We have to trust Yahweh. We have to trust that Yahweh has our best interest at heart. And I just like we want it. It's like our kids trust us. Respect. Like We have to respect Yahweh. There's a certain way when you put Yahweh's name on you that you have to act and you have to be. It's not always fun and it's not always easy, but there's a, you, there's this level of respect, just like our kids have for us. You know, we are, we hope they do most of the time when they go out into the world, you know, we hope they're not doing too crazy stuff that, you know, reflects badly on us. There's, there's a level of respect and then gratefulness. It is extremely hard for anybody to have a happy life. If you are not a grateful if you do not understand that there is a Messiah who died for you and there's people in this world, in this assembly, in this life that sacrificed for you, as, as this feast 
you know, I saw my daughter get baptized, and as parents, we were very proud. But I'm very thankful at the same time because I know there's a, a lot of you in this room who spent the last 19 years right along with us pouring into her, right? And there's a lot of other people who got baptized. And yeah, their immediate family helped them come to that decision and to help them understand that this is something they need to do. But there's a lot of other people who, by all their little examples and their little things that they did, also poured in to that person to get them to that moment where they publicly say, I want to accept Yahshua. I want to accept the sacrifice that he gave, and I want to take that next step. And that's what we need to do when we leave here. We want to take that next step. Um, if you would turn to Romans 12, 1 and 3. Romans 12, verse 1. It says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Yahweh, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to Yahweh, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of Yahweh is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We must be a living sacrifice. That takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of commitment. But that's what's expected of us. We have to be a living sacrifice. So when we go out into the world, if they can't see a difference in us, if they can't see that, hey, those Yahwehists, as a lot of people call us, uh, they're a little different, you know? We, we have to be different. Um, in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1, um, Hezekiah was sick and he was near death. And Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, he went to him and he said, thus says Yahweh, set your house in order for you shall die and not live. Set your house in order. So most likely a prophet's not going to come to each one of us and say, hey, Kyle, set your house in order. You're going to die. But here's what we know. We know we're going to die. We don't necessarily need a prophet to tell us that. We know there's an end to life. It's meant for all men to die once. When we leave here, we need to examine ourselves and decide for ourselves if our house is in order, in order. And if not, let's take very precise and very calculated and make the hard steps to get it in order. You know, the, if, if you're here, if you made it to this last service, you are, you do have a level of commitment. So thank you. <laughs> but if you're at the feast, you know, either, either you or somebody around you has made some type of commitment. I mean, yeah, it is. You're, you're pulling away from work and all these other things and you're committing. That's a great thing. Your commitment is not in vain. The things that you do, the cleaning of the restrooms, the sharing of food, the fellowship, it's not in vain, hasn't been in vain. You have that ability to impact eternity from this point forward. Um, like the song that they sang, um, just in the special music where it talks about today is the first day of the rest of your life. I thought that was a really fitting song because it is. And we need to take that and we need to say, man, 
We just smashed it at the feast. And now I'm going to take this and I'm going to go out and I'm going to improve my life, my family's life. I'm going to do something. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, so the interviews that Wendell did, um, I don't think I, I don't think I saw all of them because we had some other stuff that we were doing, but, uh, I saw some of them and I mean, the one with Pete, I don't know how, I mean, I was just like, you know, tearing up in the back, which, you know, kind of an emotional guy anyway. So, but it was, I mean, it was just impactful. Some of the things he said and how he taught and I, you know, I've just got a ton of respect for him. And then when Beth got on there and she was talking about her brother coming down and say, and asking her as they, you know, were hanging out at the old goat shed, uh, asking her, you know, what do you think you're doing here? What do you think? What do you think this is? And she's like, and you know, that had to hurt. I mean, I'm just putting myself in her place. She's got these kids. They're living in a goat shed. They had, they've opened their Bible and they did a crazy thing. They decided, Hey, let's just read this Bible and whatever it says to do, let's just try to do that. And, um, you know, her brother, I mean, that's a hard thing when her brother comes down and says, Hey, Myrtle, what are you doing here? And, but she didn't say, I don't know. I'm going to quit doing that. That does kind of sound hard. No, she just stayed steady at it. She goes, well, you know what I'm doing? I'm following what Yahweh said. I'm going to follow what Yahweh said and let him handle the rest. And if we do that, great things can happen. When I was a uh, younger guy, we was in masonry and, um, I was on a job in uh, Ponder, Texas. I think it was Ponder, Texas. It was me, me and Josh and one of our cousins had this little masonry deal going on. And we were working on these classrooms and we built this wall and it was, a, it was all, it was, it was eight inch block. It went up to 12 inch block. And in this 12 inch block, there was, it was solid concrete and rebar. And then you set plates and anyway, they put the joist on them. So I had built this wall and we were on a shoestring budget, say the least. Well, I made a mistake. I had built this wall at 14 foot high and this wall should have been at 13 foot four. And I still remember the measurements because it's a pretty bad feeling when you realize I just poured three courses of solid concrete with number five rebar and I'm just going to have to go up there and tear them all out and fix it. And we didn't have a lot of labor and we'd actually taken our, our masons and sent them to another job so they could produce. So I had a little clicky saw and um, I had my little sledgehammer and all we could, all I could do was like start chipping away at it. And it was a pretty substantial amount of wall that we had, inc- that I had incorrectly built. Um, and I remember sitting in my truck just, you know, contemplating how in the world Am I ever going to, I thought I would still be there today. I thought I'd be 40 years old, still be over there chipping away at this thing. That's the way I felt. But I remember my grandpa always said, well, this too shall pass. When he would see something with one of us grandkids that were right, he always said, this too shall pass. So I didn't know if he was right at that point, but I got in there and we just started, I just started, you know, chipping away block by block. Oh, it was miserable, but it taught me a lot of lessons. One measure twice, cut once kind of deal. Them carpenters do have one thing, right? Um, But the other thing it taught me 
is that in our lives, sometimes we have sins and we have struggles and we have things that almost seem insurmountable. Like, oh, they're so big. I just like, I don't even want to start because I don't know if I can get past this. But we can get past anything. Like with Yahweh on our side, with Yeshua on our side, we can get past anything and we can start and build and be anything. But, but it always requires somebody doing something. <clears throat> um, there's a quote that uh, I think it was Churchill said. He says that I, what people use a lot. It says, if you're going through hell, keep going. First uh, Peter 2 9 says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, you know, I feel like Yahweh has perfectly designed, uh, not that he needs my approval, but he has perfectly designed his calendar. To, to, he knows how we are. He knows how to perfectly design things where it hits at the right times. He generates we, we need to regenerate that energy and his feast come right in line with that. You guys, from a personal note, you guys have encouraged me greatly. You guys have blessed me greatly. There is not a group I'd rather do feast with than you. But when we leave here, let's commit. Let's commit to being better and stronger, more faithful, better servants, and taking the sin away from our lives. Ephesians 5.1 says, Therefore, be imitators of Elohim as beloved children and walk in love, just as Messiah also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to Yahweh as a fragrant aroma. So you may be wondering why I brought this bat up. It's not to keep everybody awake, which, you know, maybe you do need to keep it away. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we even need this. But um, and you can pass it around. And you just tell me, like, you know, just pass that around. So my daughter was at a baseball game and one of the players, uh, uh, he struck out or something or he broke his bat. I don't know, but you know, uh, and they, and they went in the dugout and they chunked that bat in the trash can. They just threw it in the trash can. So she was, she went down there and was like, Hey, can we have that bat? Can we have that bat? And after a while, I guess she nagged them so much that they finally said, yes, you can have the bat. Just leave us alone. So they get, so they gave her that, they gave her this bat. And when you look at that bat, you know, you're going you're gonna to realize something. You're going to realize that that bat is broken, right? It's, it's, it's broken. So, but why do we know it's broken? We know it's broken because we've seen one that's not broken. So what do we know? How do we know what perfection looks like? We know what perfection looks like because we've seen Yahshua. We've seen the example that he led. We've seen that. Yahweh doesn't expect us to know everything. That's why he sent us Yahshua. He said, I'm going, to, he sent, I'm going to send you Yahshua so you can see. You can see what you're supposed to be doing. So you can ask anybody. Is that thing broken? Oh, it's broke. It is broke. And just like we're broken. But with the example of Yahshua, we can be repaired. The bat, it's lost. It's material. But we can be fixed. But it's going to take some work. So me and my wife, we have been on this quest to raise chickens. We have failed miserably. Um, so, it is, so we've been doing all these things and we have been 
going and taking care of these chickens, but there's a lot of animals around our house that like the chickens more than we do. And they have uh, taken our chicken herd down from 30 to maybe one, if it survived the last few days, probably not. We'll probably go back and it'll be gone. But anyway, beside the point, we're getting better. We're going to keep working at it. Um, but we did realize maybe our facilities were not up to par to protect the little chickens from the varmints. So my wife went online and she ordered this Morgan building because it seemed like you order a Morgan building, then the chickens could just go in there and you put one of them automatic gates on it that just, it's, it's a sunlight. I mean, it's, and they could just go in and be protected. And then they opens up automatically in the morning. Everything would be great. That's fantastic. So she ordered this Morgan building. I was looking at it. I was looking at the picture online. I'm like, that's amazing that they can send us this morning building. And that it was fairly cheap for what I would have assumed a building like that would cost. So um, I went to the house earlier this week. And my wife says, Ka, they delivered the Morgan building today. Yes. Great. I can get my chicken herd going again. And then, so I'm like walking around the house. I'm like, I don't see the Morgan building. I don't see. She's like, well, it's there. I saw him go through the gate. It's there. You know, I'm looking for this building and I'm looking and then I look over kind of by the driveway and there's a pallet, just a little pallet. Looks like it has some about six by four, has a lot of materials on it, right? So note to anybody else who wants to go in the chicken raising business. When you order a Morgan building, it does not come built. It comes like, here's the materials. Here's what you need. Put it together. So they got me on that one. But I said all that to say this. Yahweh a lot of times does the same thing with us. He's like, hey, I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to give you all the materials. I'm going to just, I'm going to show you. I mean, that's what we experienced this week. I'm going to give you all this stuff. But you got to put some work into it. You can't just sit back kick back and say, Yahweh, fix me. And you got to put work into it. He's given us all the tools. He's given us in America more tools than anybody could ever wish for. We will be held to a higher standard. Have you ever asked yourself, um, if everybody kind of did what I did, what would the world look like? So that's a scary place when I ask myself that. You would have a way better result. But it's a good thing for us to sometimes ask ourselves, if everybody did what I do, what does this place look like? What does the world look like if everybody was a cop? Scary thought. <clears throat> it says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's what we need to do. Second Corinthians 13, five says, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves that Yahshua is in you, unless indeed you fail the test. We need to leave here and examine ourselves and be honest with ourselves. That's what I, that's what I need to do. Matthew 7, 6 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. We got to continue to look. We got to continue to knock and never stop knocking. Just like grandma did when they were going through their deal and they were, they were just studying that Bible and just saying, hey, we're going to keep looking for truth. We're going to keep looking for truth. And, it, and 
you know, and her brother says, it's never going to amount to anything, but it did. There's people that she's impacted that she'll never meet until the kingdom comes. <clears throat> but we can't look like my kids look. You guys have kids. You send them to look for something. You might as well be sending. You might as well be sending. Who knows? To look for this. Like, so. When I would, this is a, this is a real conversation I heard in my house. This is, this is what my wife has to deal with. It's what I have to deal with. So I'm sitting on the couch and Reznor comes in and he says, mom, I can't find my shoes anywhere. And his mom says, have you looked? Which I thought was a dumb question. <laughs> no, it wasn't. He's like, no. <laughs> sure. I mean, shortly after that, like I'm walking in there and she's like, Kyle, can you go get the car seat and put it in the other car? So we were fixing to switch cars. I'm like, sure. So I start walking that way and she's like, listen, listen to me. When you, it's in, you look in the passengers and it's in the back seat. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not Reznor. Like it's a car seat in a car. Like, I don't need you to tell me exactly which seat it's in. I mean, these things are like lazy boys at this point. Like you open the door and it's like, oh, well, there it is. But, but she has dealt with my kids so long that she's like, you open that visitor's, the passenger's door and you have to go to the left, but then not just to the left, over that seat and into the next seat. Thank you, baby. I will not let you down. And just while we're talking about looking for stuff, Am I the only one who thinks that there should never be a shoe? They shouldn't even make shoes for kids under one. Why bother? Like, right, I'm coming to church and my wife's like, did you put shoes on him? Oh, no, he's, he's 11 months old. Like, maybe knee pads. Oh, that makes sense. She's like, well, I'm not going to church without him shoes on. I'm like, it's the second he won't make it from the tent to here. And those shoes just boom, boom, ping up, pop off his feet. But anyway, we have to look. We have to look. We have to look. Psalms 910 says, Thus who know those, those, those who know your name trust in you, for you, Yahweh, have never forsaken those who seek you. Those who know your name trust in you. So, quick story. We were in Israel. We're, you know, name's a big deal in, in, our, in our faith, right? It's a big deal. Uh, and it is, it is a big deal. Just, I mean, you read the Bible, it's all about the power in the name, power in the name. So we were in Israel and we had this God lady who didn't seem, she didn't really seem like she had, she did a lot religiously in any kind of way. She was more of a whatever, but she was showing us the sites in Israel. Halfway through, I figured out Mary, my mother-in-law knew way more about Israel than this lady, but Mary wasn't the official God. So nobody's listening to Mary. We were listening to this lady. So this lady, she's driving and she starts asking us about our religion. So, you know, I am not a very great conversationalist and I'm terrible with names. So I'm sitting there and I was like, well, this is probably a good time for me to start telling her how important names are. So I sit there and I start telling Josephine for the next 30 miles how important names are. And my wife and my kid and everybody, they're in the back. It was Bree and Mary and, and Julie. They're in the back. 
I mean, they're just about to die laughing, and I don't know why. And then we get back to the hotel, and we get out of the car, and they all look at me in unison and say, Dad, her name was Daphne. <laughs> like, uh, oh. I think, but I think in a weird way, she got the point even more. I do, I do. <laughs> Psalms 119.2 says, Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. The great thing about Yahweh is he doesn't make, he doesn't make salvation complicated. He lays it out. It's, it's fairly simple. If we read this, he doesn't make it complicated. But we have to decide what treasure we're after. Are we here for an earthly treasure or a heavenly treasure? Life is a race and everyone who's in it is running for the, of our a prize, should be running for the prize, and the prize is salvation. Problem is, with people in this world, a lot of people don't know that that's what they're, that they're racing for. But we do. We don't have excuses. <clears throat> you know, in Deuteronomy 32, 48, I'm not really going to read it. You guys know the story. When Moses is there and he's looking into the promised land, right? And he's been told, I always told him, hey, you're not going in. And, and I don't know where, what, you know, how that was for Moses at that time when, you know, I mean, you read that story and there's like, how can, it seems a little harsh. How can you not let Moses in, you know? But Moses was probably held to a higher standard, right? So he had, he had things that I can't even comprehend as far as relationships with, with Yahweh and understanding his will and but he's there and he's seeing this promised land that he wanted to be in, that he, he led the children of Israel into. But this is the deal. We've got our own promised land. We are not so different than Moses. If you look at Revelations 21, 1 through 4, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down out of the heaven from Yahweh, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of Yahweh is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And Yahweh himself will be with them as their Elohim. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And I'm about to wrap this up. Uh, I don't want to keep you guys too long. But when I read that, in my, in my mind, that's our promised land. That's, that's what we want. That's where we're going. You know, there's some people... There's some people that we all want to see. There's some people that we miss, our grandparents, people that we haven't met, that we wanted to meet, that didn't, that maybe didn't make it. But for us to see them, for us to be there, we got to be there. In my heart, I believe that my grandparents are going to be there. I want to see them. I got two little sisters that 
I never met. I want to meet them. I want all y'all to meet them. You know, in 2 Samuel 12, 23, it says that David said, when his son died, he said, can I, he asked the question, can I bring him back? Can I bring him back again? Of course, the answer is no. He says, I will go to him that he will not return to me. That's our promised land. That's our promised land. You know, Joshua says, but if you refuse to serve Yahweh, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve Yahweh. And we have quite the calling. We have quite the opportunity. But we have to do our part. We've got the materials, but we got to do the work. You know, I just love, I love it in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. You know, when David, he's on, his, he's on his deathbed and he's talking to his son, Saul, Solomon. And he says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, act like a man. Observe what Yahweh your Elohim requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations. As written in the law of Moses, do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. like this week we've been called out of Babylon but we got to stay out of Babylon and that's that's for each and every one of us and each and every one of our families if you would turn to Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 chapter 3 verse 26 of Galatians says for you for you are all sons of Yahweh through faith in Yahshua Messiah. For all of you who are baptized into Messiah have clothed yourself with Messiah. There is nothing Jew, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Yahshua Messiah. And if you belong to Yahshua, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And you guys have completely blessed me and my family this week. And uh, if you would just, just, I'd like to say a quick little prayer. Yahweh, we come before you. Um, just thanking you for all that you've done for us, for all these people. We just ask that you would take the fellowship, the camaraderie, the spirit that you've poured out through this last eight days, that you would just put that into our hearts. We just ask that you would take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh and give us a mind like Yahshua. As we go back to our daily lives, 
to our houses and homes. We just ask that you would put a safety. You just give us safety, a hedge of protection around everyone traveling, and that you would strengthen them, that they would see your promised land, that I would see your promised land. We just ask that you would touch us and help us and guide us. Open the doors you want us to walk through and close the ones you want us to walk away from. In everything, we give you the glory. Just in our name. Amen.